Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so that they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Hey, Chad. I heard you got the opportunity to uh, interview a former WNBA player this week. I did. Uh, Megan Losinger is her name. Uh, a little bit about Megan. She was an All-American at Liberty University. She was the 14th overall pick in the 2009 WNBA draft by the San Antonio Silver Stars. She ended up playing seven years professionally um, overseas, and she spent two years as an assistant coach at Valparaiso, and that was before landing her current position at NAI school, Evangel University in Missouri. Um, she had a lot of success here in, in a short time, and in 2019, she led her team to a 20-win season and their first NAI National Tournament appearance since 2011. Um, I really think that our listeners are going to benefit and enjoy hearing how Megan really attempts to coach up the heart. And I cannot wait for you to hear this interview, and let's get into it right now. Megan Losinger, thank you so much for being our guest on the Christian Coach Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm super excited for this conversation. And me and my co-host, Gian, uh, we started this podcast because we really wanted to dig into the heart and the mind of a Christian coach. And just want to kick things off uh, with that question of, can you share what it means to you to be a Christian coach? Yeah, so for me to be a Christian coach, first off, it's it's a blessing because I be, I'm able to live out my faith as a coach. Um, but for me, it's, it's really, and I tell my players this all the time, it's much bigger than the game of basketball. So I, I want to get into the, you know, their hearts and their minds and their lives and really be able to um, hopefully Lord willing, you know, grow, help them grow in their walk with the Lord. And so being at Evangel University and it being a Christian university, I get to do that every day. I don't have to hide my faith and I get to be open about it. And so really, I just want to come alongside my players and anyone I come in contact with and be able to walk alongside them and share with them different experiences that I've been blessed with as a player and then now as a coach. Now, I'm, I'm sure so much went into forming those beliefs. And I'm fascinated to hear just different journeys from different coaches. I know everybody's journey is different to get to where they're at. And, you know, for you, your dad uh, was your coach growing up. You excelled. As an All-American at Liberty, uh, went on to play at the WNBA, uh, playing professional overseas. Did you go straight from professional basketball to landing uh, that first assistant coaching job at Valparaiso? Yeah, so for me, I, I did. I played professional for seven years after college. And then right about that time, I, I'd always said I wasn't going to play past 30. And yes, my dad coached me growing up. And so I had had that, you know, in the back of my mind of, well, that'd be kind of neat to do that. And got married my last year professionally. So my husband and I were apart and I knew after that year, it was time to kind of, um, you know, do something else and be so that we could be together. And so, yeah, the coaching opportunity at Valparaiso really just fell into my lap and through a mutual connection, actually um, Tracy Doro's sister is still a current um, assistant coach at Liberty University. And she was with me when I was there for two years. So that's kind of how that connection happened. And then I was able and blessed to get that coaching job at Valparaiso and, and loved it. 
What were your biggest takeaways? What did you learn the most during those two years entering the coaching world? Yeah, so I think my biggest takeaways from coaching at Valparaiso, I had not been in the really college scene for, you know, seven years and playing professionally. So just really a lot of a lot of changes have happened for me as a player to now going into the coaching role and also even just seeing how things are run differently just in general. Um, and so it, it, it was pretty eye-opening just even from the recruiting perspective of how we were on the road a lot in the summers. But one thing that didn't change and I really appreciated this with my time at Liberty was just I knew I could make an impact relationally with the girls. And so Yes, you know, maybe they, they need to work on different basketball skills. Everyone always has stuff to work on. But I knew that if I could get into their hearts, um, that that was going to be the biggest difference maker. And then you can really capture their heart. And then they get to, um, you know, the, they're more apt to, to kind of uh, do what you ask them to do and that kind of thing. And so really my whole job there was to just pour into the girls' lives. And, you know, success-wise was up and down. But really it was successful in my eyes because – I was able to make an impact on their hearts. That's so good. And um, just want to ask the, the next question of, um, you know, you're, now you're at Evangel University and, um, you know, the traditional path sometimes is, is climbing the D1 ladder and, and going here for two years, there for two years. And for, for me, I'm starting my seventh year at an NAI school. But um, did you have any um, pressure to, to go that route because of your, your high caliber as a player to continue that? Or was it um, easy decision for you to um, go where you're at now at Evangel? So for me, I, I really, once again, just counted a privilege of how I, how I was raised and grew up in a, in a Christian home and my parents were great examples. And so I, we moved around, honestly, a fair amount growing up and they taught at different Christian schools. But one thing that I always appreciated about my parents was that they always would tell us like, okay, we feel like the Lord is leading us to move to such and such a place. So for me, it's, it's never been about, you know, oh, where can I, can I go to this place? And this is going to get, I'm going to make more money or I'm going to get more recognition. It's more of where the Lord is, you know, choosing to lead and guide me and, and my family now that I, that I have. So when Evangel kind of came on the radar, it was one of those things where my husband and I, we didn't know if this is where the Lord was leading us initially, but just different doors throughout the process opened up and we clearly knew that this is where the Lord was leading our family next. And so that's kind of, I, I've kind of taken the pressure off of, you know, Hey, are you going to end up here? Are you going to go there? I just really try to focus on where he has me right now. And, you know, my husband and I feel very blessed to be here and be a part of the Evangel university family. And I tell recruits this all the time that it's a very genuine place. And so I want to be a part of some, some place where it's a much bigger picture than me as a coach and me as our basketball team. Um, and so I feel like this is a great place for me to be right now. And um, as you're entering your, your third season with your, your women's team, um, what, what type of program are you looking to build? Do you have like core values that you communicate to them? Um, what's, what's different about, this the school and your program um, because you're a Christian. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's and, and you know this as well being a college coach that it is very important to lay that good foundation. And so I was coming in on the on the heels of someone who had been here for a long time and had been very successful. And so you know you, you could wonder well our players going to get into that comparison game of hey, you know, she does this differently compared to how he did it. And so 
I just, my, my uh, first and foremost, and I told this to athletic directors, I just want to be authentic and be real with the girls. And I'm for sure not perfect, but I feel like the Lord's allowed me to experience a lot of different things from a player um, to be under a lot of great coaches. And so one thing I know as a player is that I always appreciate the coaches that were, you know, communicative and relational. And so we do have pillars in our program and we kind of, our team versus Philippians two, three through four. So it's, the verse that talks about um, being humble and acting like Christ. And so that's, that's displayed in our locker room. The girls can see it on a daily basis. And I tell them, you know, Hey, I'm not looking for the flashiest and most athletic or the, the biggest scorer when I'm recruiting girls within our program, I want to, you know, get culture kids and girls who have great character do well in the classroom and then, you know, ultimately connect with each other. And so we do, we focus on commitment, communication, um, respect, responsibility. Those are some of our core pillars that we emphasize and really want the girls to ultimately walk away from Evangel after their hopefully four years um, with a better understanding and idea of what that looks like and being able to live that out and ultimately that they can go out into the real world and make a difference for Christ and, you know, specifically using their career. So, it's a much bigger picture, and I know I keep saying that, but it's having played at the highest level and see, having seen that, you know, sports is an avenue and it's a conduit to be able to really um, share Christ and, and grow in, in different aspects of, you know, yes, the game, of course, but also just uh, personally in life. And you've mentioned the heart a few times. Um, it sounds like it's important to you to reach uh, your, your girl's hearts. And how do you go about doing that? Um, on a daily basis or each semester? Do you have a, a strategy or something in place to um, go after that goal? Yeah, so for me, what I like to do, and actually we're doing them right now, we, we will start each year with kind of individualized meetings. And this is, we have two teams within our program, so reserve and varsity. So this is before we determine what those rosters look like. And so myself and my assistant, we will sit in on each other's meetings and, and basically she takes half the roster, I take half the roster, and we will sit down and just basically chat with them about life, chat with them about basketball as well, but, you know, getting to know them that way. And then throughout the semester, you know, it, it may not always be a very a formalized meeting, but we, we let the girls know, I let the girls know that, you know, you're welcome to come into my office whenever you need to, and open door policy. And so the girls, they, they know that, they sense that, and they've you know, told me like, hey, coach, I really appreciate that. I don't have to be nervous when I'm going into your office and that sort of thing, because I remember having some coaches that I, it's like, I didn't want to grace the, their office doors. You know? So um, for me, it's, it's just uh, you know, getting to know them. And you know, yes, like you said, getting to know their heart, but that, in order to do that, you have to have that communication piece. And because really communication is what builds that trust. So. I love to chat with the girls before practice, after practice. When we're on the practice floor, of course, we're getting down to business, but they know that at any point in time, they can come up here and, and talk. And so inevitably, I do have a lot of girls that will come up here. And so it's, it's just um, that communication piece I've learned over the years is just so important. And, and so we do that through meetings, and then we do that like um, through different group uh, book studies and that sort of thing as well. Awesome. And, and I need advice as uh, I coach both the men's and women's tennis team. And my men's team has had, had a little bit of success into the top 25 and my girls team hasn't. And so what are some keys to um, coaching a, a women's program um, and, and trying to build that in and 
um, and help them grow. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, of course, I am a female, but I think females definitely, they kind of, you know, what makes them motivated is a little bit different than, than the male side. So, you know, I, I think back and reflect back to myself as a player and the big thing that I know that they, that girls appreciate is just being respectful of their time. And so that was one thing that I felt like different coaches that I had, that wasn't always the case. And, and this applies to the male side as well, but um, you know, they want to have time to be able to do their hair and stuff if they, uh, if they can get the chance for class. And so one thing that I've just um, striven to do as much as I can is, you know, if we're going to practice in the morning, I'm going to do weights and practice in the morning. I'm not going to bring you in for weights in the morning and then practice or vice versa. And they just really seem to, to you know, latch on to that. It's kind of the simple things, I think, with the girls, um, you know, whether it comes to gear, it's, it's you know, I'll let them give, give me their opinion on, hey, do you want to, um, what kind of travel gear do you want? Do you want hoodies? Or do you want crew neck sweatshirts? Simple things like that. But they're just, I think girls do, they love to talk. So being a listening ear for them is great. And then um, letting them, you know, pitch in, you know, some of their ideas and thoughts, I think is awesome as well. I've, I've heard some coaches say that, um, that men's, men's players are, are struggling with a lot of pride and ego and, and trying to put that on the line and compete on the women's side. It's a little more relational driven, driven. Did you feel Absolutely. that as a, a competitor? And do you see that as a coach? Yeah, I definitely feel that as a competitor and see that as a coach that the relationship aspect is huge. I mean, you do, you think about like, we actually had four girls get married this summer. Um, and so inevitably a lot of the girls were in each other's weddings or, you know, I was going to the weddings, but you're probably not going to hear a guy, like if they're engaged and they're getting married, they're probably not going to talk about that too much. But of course, all the girls wanted to talk about was, hey, I found my dress, you know, I found my, uh, my flowers. And, and so, yes, there has to be a balance of you want them to stay focused and be, be ready for that next game, but also realizing that, for instance, a wedding, you know, girls are probably going to take that a lot more, a lot more interest in that um, than the guy. The guy kind of just shows up and, and he's ready to, you know, get married. So things like that, I think, are really important just to be able to talk to them about that and, and relate with them in those areas, because then it provides opportunity for for just building that trust and and then them also you know trusting us as coaches to coach them and put them in spots that we feel like they need to be in can you can you share uh something that you do as a coach to build a team team unity uh togetherness within your program yeah so this year it's a little bit different with covid because you know there's a lot of stipulations being put in place with wearing masks and not trying to be in the same room like more than 15 minutes and six feet apart. So what we've done the last two years is we always start out the season with some kind of team building event. So our first year we did kind of a low ropes course. And then this past year, we, we went somewhere where they actually, we kind of partnered with the parks and rec um, board and they put on just different events and activities for our girls to build that teamwork and that competitive spirit and, and kind of get to know each other more. And so it's, it's some of those, you know, trust and faith falls and those things like that where they kind of got to put basketball to the side and just you know be uh, college college students but also teammates and without having to compete with one another on the basketball floor so it's it's neat to see that side of the girls because you really get to see okay this one's more vocal and, and we, you see that as a coach you know on the basketball floor as well but to see that off the floor and how it translates and girls who might be more competitive but 
we try to do a lot of that, um, you know, towards the beginning of the season. Like I said, this year, it looks a little different. And then we get out in the community as well. And so we, we love to be involved. We've partnered with a local organization. So we actually adopted a player who has um, Down syndrome onto our team. And so the girls have loved, you know, getting to know her and she will come faithfully to most of our games and will come out with us for the national anthem. And so the girls like will walk her, you know, there and, and help her and different things like that. We'll do a boys and girls club community walk. Um, and then we have a miracle league here as well that we've helped out with. So I think anytime the girls can get out outside of, of just here um, in, in Ashcroft or gymnasium and Evangel University, that just pulls the girls and brings them together in a different way. And um, I think a, a lot of coaches um, think through, you know, the success, the wins and losses, everyone can see it's easily measured. Um, and so that's kind of the default mode on, oh, this is a good coach. They have a lot of wins. This one's not a good coach. But what, what else other than wins and losses um, goes into your um, thought process uh, when you think about being a success or being a successful coach? Um, what else goes into that for you? Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm so driven, even from a professional standpoint, you know, you're getting, you're getting paid to play. So you do have a lot of pressure on that success aspect of, hey, is your team winning enough games and that sort of thing. But um, I, I've just found over the years, and I think you can attest to this as well, that um, it's one of those areas where, yes, wins and losses are easily, easily measured. But one thing I'm very appreciative of where I'm at currently with my athletic director is he's he's also very family driven relationally driven and so i've just i just know that and i tell my, my players this like hey basketball is such a small part of of your story and your life and yes there's so many lessons to be learned but i want it to be like hey you're not remembering hey we won 20 you know 21 season that year we went to the national tournament but you know i, I got to make lifelong friends with my teammates and so that's kind of a responsibility on my part to bring in girls who are going to be able to mesh and relate with one another. But then from my perspective too, I tell my players, hey, this isn't just a four-year relationship that I have with you. I wanna be able to you know, go to your weddings. I wanna be able to support you when you, there might be some trying times. And so I just feel very blessed to be in this role and it's a big responsibility as you all well know, but I think it's also just awesome to be able to do it and learn as I go as well. And, um... Just want to give you a scenario. Say uh, a girl comes to you in, in mid-October um, and she's lost, she's lonely, she wants to quit or transfer. Uh, what would you say to her? Uh, where would you have the conversation and what would your goal be for that meeting? Yeah, so I haven't really had that, you know, happen too much yet with, the, with where I'm at. I have had some girls, you know, come in and say, hey, I need to work and basketball is a little bit too much on my plate. But one thing I've learned, especially from the female side is, you know, I, I always tell girls, I'm not ever going to try to convince you to stay, but I, I do want you to seriously think about your decision and know that I'm going to support you either way. But at the same time, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, affirming them either, but I just, I pray for them and tell them, Hey, if there's anything I can do. And, and really a lot of times when there's these conversations happen, you know, whether it's a family member needs help with this or that, then I want them to put their family first, you know, so I guess it's a little bit dependent on, you know, the, using that word quit of what that, I guess, situation or scenario is. Um, but ultimately, I tell my players like, hey, this is, 
an avenue where it's not always going to be easy. Sports isn't. It has its ups and downs. But you can learn so much from it and be a much, much better person out, out on the other side. So depending on the situation will probably dictate a little bit how I handle it. But at the same time, regardless, I always tell my players, listen, whether you choose to play this sport for one year, four years, two years, my relationship with you is not you know, predicated on whether or not you're playing basketball for me or not. So they know they have that um, trust there and that I'm not going to look down on them if they choose to move on and, and say, hey, basketball's not for me anymore, whatever the case may be. Um, but I just want them to know that it's, yes, they are playing the sport, but that's not their identity. I have a lot of uh, respect for, for your perspective and, and your faith, how you're bringing it into your coaching. Um, what do you do on a, on a daily, weekly basis to, to stay strong in your faith? So first off, you know, having the foundation that I've been blessed with to grow up in the family that I did, I remember seeing um, my parents, you know, daily get into the word. And so I think that's just so important. And in this day and age, you know, you can do that with your phone. You can do it obviously physically with your Bible. You can look online on your computer. So I try to just find time um, and sometimes looks different with two little kids and I'm rushing them off to school. So ideally morning time is great, but it, it's kind of transitioned now with kids to um, I'll usually do it in my office at some point. So um, I also love listening to worship music. So that's, it's always in my car. I was actually taking my boys to school this morning and I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and my three-year-old said, Hey mom, can you uh, play the victory song? And so it's the song that, you know, says like, I'm going to see a victory. And so I handed him my phone and he was literally just like singing, <laughs> singing along. He loves music. So I just thought, you know, I thought there, I thought, wow, this is just such a great example of him getting fed, you know, the right things. Um, but yeah, I think those little things add up. And then um, we've, I've gotten plugged into a great church here in um, the Ozark area that we've been part of a life group for a little over a year now. And so my husband and I um, also have another rock star of a husband. He's leads our family well. And so just uh, doing things with him, doing different book studies as well. So it's, it's a daily process. You know, I'm not perfect at it by any means, but um, definitely being able to get plugged in. And I tell my girls that as well. Like we have so much time to check our Facebook, check, check our Twitter and all that, but how much time are we actually spending, you know, getting closer and drawing closer to the Lord. And um, how, just with two small kids, one and three, how do you balance being a mom and a coach? It's a, I tell people it takes a community, you know, I mean, I've got, first off, I have great girls here. So typically when I might need a babysitter, they're usually in practice, but um, a lot of parents of the players, you know, have said, Hey, we can help you, you know, you at any time. And then um, we're blessed to be in a great neighborhood. And so one of um, our next door neighbors has watched the kids a few times when we need her to. And so that's been nice. And, and really with my husband um, being a teacher and a coach, we usually just, with us both having those head coaching hats on, we're able to kind of dictate our schedules a little bit, which is helpful. And so he's in football season right now. So I kind of usually do more morning stuff. And then that way I can get the, the boys when he's in practice. But um, it's a group effort. We, we don't, don't live close to family. So uh, we felt like when we moved here that we were gaining a new family when we came here. And so it's been great that whenever we do have those instances where we need somebody to watch our boys that they're able to. Um, so good. And, and I'm sure there's not a whole lot of uh, free time for, for reading, but do you have two books, one or two books that you've read in the past that have really uh, helped you uh, grow in your coaching philosophy? 
Yeah, so I actually did a ton of reading when I was playing professionally because I would go overseas and, you know, essentially I, I tell I tell my girls now, like, wow, you know, the professional sports life, you don't have to go to class. You just wake up and <laughs> go to shoot around in the morning and then um, you might have practice in the afternoon or a game. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And um, so I, I, I would take over back before Kindle was a thing or the iPad would take over usually 10 to 15 books each um, couple months. And so then I'd come home for Christmas and I'd get a new 10 or 15. But one recently that I just read that I really liked, um, and I, you probably heard of it. Have you, have you heard of Pound the Stone? I have. I haven't read that one. Though. Okay. So one of my um, coworkers here, she's actually loosely related to the guy that wrote it. And so I think that's a great one. It actually takes um, similar to kind of how you wrote your book, um, The Freshman. It takes a basketball player as well and kind of walks through different things and different life lessons. Um, so it was a really good read because even if you're not a basketball player, you can relate to this, uh, you know, this guy who's walking through life and trying to uh, figure out his identity. So I think for young people, that would be a great one. And I think even coaches as well. Um, and then there's so many other books that I could um, think of, but I would read a lot of, um, a lot of books by Max Licato. So one in particular, I wrote down the title of it's um, Fearless, Imagine Your Life Without Fear. And so that one is, is a great one. I don't know if you've read that one before, but obviously in the world that we're currently living in with COVID and all those things, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the uncertainty and the unknown and, and it can be somewhat fearful. And, you know, I've, even with my situation and I'm sure where you're at, you have a lot of athletes with COVID right now. So just trying to find ways that we can breathe like fresh air and life into these players, girls, boys uh, who may be having it or dealing with it or family members. And so, you know, even with, with me right now, I've got a couple girls on my roster with it and, and some in quarantine. So just trying to find ways that um, we can kind of get outside of ourselves and our current situations is what this book is about and just really trusting in, in Christ, which is, we can say it, but then actually living that out is different. So um, finding ways to really capture that fear and not let it um, just grow into something that's uh, enormous. Um, and thank you for all, all that. I uh, really appreciate you sharing. And we could have probably recorded three different shows just from your, your family life um, with, with your parental upbringing and how they're playing a role in your life, your professional career. Just wanted to center a, a little more on, on the coaching. So just my final question is, uh, what do you want your, your legacy to be, you know, whenever you, you, you end your coaching career, uh, how do you want to be remembered? I would say, I mean, that's, that's a, a very interesting question. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but Brenda Bonheim was at Liberty for a long time and she just actually passed away from, from cancer, but it's been neat to see how people have been just talking about what her legacy was and what it looked like. And, you know, it's, it's not about the wins and losses. It's about the type of person that she was. And so for me, I would say that's, that's what I would want my legacy to be is one that um, first and foremost, you know, striving to honor and please the Lord. Um, and then, you know, we have talked about a lot about the hearts and the relationship aspect. And then that would be the other piece is just um, a coach who, who wasn't in it just for the notoriety or the fame or the wins and losses, but rather a coach who was, um, summon a person who wanted to get to know, um, truly know the person's heart. And that can be hard. You know, I found with having two teams now, when you're getting that roster of 30 plus people, that can be, you know, a lot tougher. So it's, it's a daily challenge for me now 
with doubling our roster size of what does that look like, you know, and trying to really be um, intentional with each girl. And so that's uh, that would be honestly what I would want my legacy to be within the coaching realm. And then even outside of that is just someone who was intentional and ultimately striving to please Christ. And how can, uh, how can we pray for you today? Is there anything that we can pray for? I would say for me, um, specifically right now with, and you probably would echo this as, as a coach would just be for, um, not having navigated what COVID is and you know how that's going to affect the team, but would just be for, for health for the team, for myself. Um, but also just that while we do currently have, you know, cases on our, within our program of, okay, how can we meet those girls where they are? Because when you're in isolation or quarantine, that can get lonely. And so, um, just, for me would be wisdom um, to navigate each day. And I know each day brings different challenges as a coach, but then you sprinkle in COVID there, that makes it interesting as well. So um, I would say wisdom. And then um, just that I would continue to um, grow in my walk with the Lord and be able to uh, better serve these girls. Awesome. Well, let me, let me just end our time and, and a word of prayer. Okay. God, we are thankful. Thank you so much just for um, sending Jesus to, uh, to save us and give us life. And right now we just lift up uh, my sister in Christ, Megan, and uh, just pray for her student athletes, um, every, every student athlete who's, who's battling the, um, this pandemic right now. And um, just pray for Megan's spiritual growth as well, that you just fill her up each day uh, so that she can pour out as a, as a, a wife and a, a mom and a coach um, that should be able to train up leaders and um, and send them out into the world to make a difference for your name. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chad, what a great interview with Megan. Um, so many good points that she made, talking about coaching the heart. And But the, the thing that stood out to me the most is how she mentioned how it takes a village for her to be a mom and a coach and be successful in both areas of her life. What did you think about that? No, so true. Uh, so much respect for her moms in general and um, for her to be successful at, at her level is, is just uh, awesome. And I, I loved her quote when she said, focus on where he has me now, just talking about uh, the Lord and um, just that mindset of being all in where you're at and uh, a lot of respect for her for that. If you want to learn more about Megan, you can follow her on Twitter and her handle is M-E Losinger. And we'll drop that in our show notes if you want to see it. Um, but thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys listening. And if you could rate this or share it, it would mean the world to us and help a lot. Um, but coach, your mission field is right where you are, whether you're heading into the office uh, or whether you're heading home, be all there and, and shine the light of Christ. You're entering the mission field right now.